Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. (laughs) Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Crazy train with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. We uh, we thank you for listening on this chilly Saturday morning. Fall is definitely in the air. Danny Bush and myself, Tommy the True Newbauer, come to you every Saturday morning from six to eight a.m. We are live. And if you want to get in touch with us to ask us any questions or make any comments, 414-799-1250 is the phone number. Or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Greg Janik is on the boards today, and good morning, fellas. Good morning, Tom. I'm I'm eagerly uh, going through the pages of the Badger Sportsman magazine you just gave me. Yep, yep. The new issue is out. A lot of good, uh, lot of good articles in here, and I'd recommend any, everybody to buy it and read your article on yeah, bear hunting. Yeah, there's one bear hunting. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's okay. But the great articles from stem to stern. Although I'm, I'm a little, uh, a little confused here. Looking, there's one on first aid, and there's a paramedic with his shirt off, you with a well, sandwich bag on his chest. Yeah. He's using it to cover a sucking chest wound. Yeah. And then on well, the next one, he holds two sandwich bags that's over the entrance and exit, exit holes yeah. of a sucking chest wound. Yeah. Tom, what's a sucking chest wound? I don't know. I've never had one. I, I guess I, I got to read the rest of the article. Any chest wound I've ever had never went in. It always came out. <laughs> I've never had a sucking chest wound. But it doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't. But, no. you know... You know, they talk in that article, you know, I... It's all I, fun I, till you I get per- a sucking chest. Wound. Yeah, it's not often. But I perused the magazine when it came the, a few days ago, oh, and, perusing, and I was perusing it, yeah. Good word, Tom. <laughs> and, it's already one minute into the show, and we're, Tom's teaching us big words. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but, it, you know, it's not a bad idea for hunters to know a little first aid because you never know what might happen out in the woods, you know. So, uh, you know, whether you need it or some a fellow hunter needs it, it's not a ba- bad idea to know some first aid, you know. Well, let me ask you this. Do you carry a first aid kit with you in your um, Scooby-Doo van? In my van, no, but in the boat, yes, we always have one. Okay, because yeah. I always but, buy, like, a new one every year. Yeah. Yeah, I buy those 
they they've got, got auto ones, and then they've got in general. Yeah, yeah, in general, first aid kits, and you first can get kit. them in. You know, you, you can get the inexpensive ones or the real expensive ones. You know that have everything in it. But you know, you get one that I get like about a twenty. Twenty-five bucks. Yeah, twenty-five dollars. They're wrapped in plastic, so they yeah. keep them kind of from getting all. Yeah, yeah. The real expensive using. ones have uh, defibrillators in there now. Well, yeah, yeah. Those are real expensive. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if you need that in there, but clear. Uh, yeah, hopefully, you, hopefully Boom. you never need one. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah. he is in the bottom of his lund. Everybody, clear. Hit him. Give him another one. Boom. Yeah. No, I think at that point it's nine one one time, and you're going at warp speed towards the pier. Yeah, yeah. If it happens in well, the boat, well, I, you know, when I initially got my captain's license, I had to learn CPR. This I've yeah. had to learn CPR throughout the years. Right. I should go in and get a refresher done mm-hmm. on the CPR. Do you have to know it for your uh, for school? Uh, no, we've actually got a team. They've actually got a team, and uh, they call what's called a code blue, and a code blue would be if. There was uh, somebody unconscious, unresponsive, and then the team is trained actually in use of the defibrillator, and everybody rushes there to the spot, and they they do drills all the time. Last year, matter of fact, they did so many drills. I said, I said, I said, are we expecting some type of uh, <laughs> medical nightmare at the school here? We've had more code blue drills. You know, it's mm. like we're in, are we in like a, a war zone or something? We're mm. expecting lots of injuries or what? But it's good that they're doing it now because years ago there was, they did nothing. You had a band. You had a nurse that you went and either got an aspirin or a band aid. Although I will kill, <laughs> I will say today, kids. Oh my God, kids are soft today. They call them snowflakes, and they truly, truly are soft because you'll have kids, high school kids, going. If you got a band aid, and you look and you go, "What's wrong?" And they'll hold up their hand, and there might be. There might be an old scab or a pinprick on their finger or mm-hmm. something. And you're like, you got to be kidding me. You you want a Band-Aid for that? You know, rub a little dirt on it. It'll be yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. But I'm telling you. Yeah. Or if they don't feel really good, I, I, I want to go to the nurse. Well, in most cases, the nurse, she's just going to say, get back to class, you know, if, unless they're really, really sick. So that's why... Yeah. Uh, that's why we're in. You, you never know. I mean, some of these kids know that their their parents are probably pushovers where they can say, oh, I'm not feeling well. And they can just get off of school. Right. They can go to the nurse's office and then the nurse, some nurses will let them call their parents and, and, and then they get off, off of school. And then off they go. And for yeah. some kids, it's a psychological thing, too. You know, or um, I'm stressed. I Have you oh, ever yeah. well, that, the like whole, this class? The whole <laughs> mental aspect is is... My my wife is a uh, a counselor, okay. and she gets this book every other year that talks about how to diagnose mental illnesses and whatnot. And ninety five percent of medication that is prescribed in the world for mental illnesses is prescribed in the U.S. Yeah, oh, we got a lot of mental problems, I guess. And along, and no, then, it's, it's no, I know they they over prescribe stuff. Well, they, and the and and then they start prescribing the narcotic stuff with for the pain, and we got lots of problems here. Yeah, so I don't this know. Whole country's gotten gone soft. We've gotten soft, gosh darn it! Who came mm-hmm. up with that term, snowflakes? Anyway. The wussification of America. I don't know. Wussification is that a book you're going to write now? No, it's probably already been written. 
Yeah, but, uh, Charlie Sykes wrote one, The Dumbing Down of America. <laughs> so we're soft dummies. Yeah, yeah soft dummies. <laughs> But you know the, you now, know what I wait, it ain't looking good for WW3 <laughs> let me tell you You know what I forgot to do this week I wanted to call Dennis Radloff and ask him what those gang signs were that he was flashing us Oh that means <laughs> rock and roll Well that part I knew but there were some other things he was doing uh, one-handed on his motorcycle. Oh, if he's on his bike and he puts his hand down that's saying hello to the other motorcycle riders. Oh, is that it? Really? Oh, so they're okay. on the bike they put their hand down pointing at the ground. Yeah. That means hello. Yeah. So if, not if, like, if, if, not if, like that, but like that, or yeah, if they just go like this. I can't see your hand down there. If they just go like this, <laughs> okay, stand up. If, if they just go like there this, point it down to the ground. Yeah, that yeah. just means hello. Oh. So like this weekend when all the Harley riders are going to Hales and wherever Harley they're going for Jerry's Harley Day, yeah, wherever yeah. it may be Harley. for for Labor Day. Yeah, if they're driving, riding down the road, going one way, and there's a group that comes the other way. You'll see them, you know, just point their hands on the ground as that's saying hello to the other riders. With their left hand, right? Left hand, it's right hand. It's not a left turn signal. <laughs> left hand, right hand. And... Yeah, Tom's trying to get technical oh, right away. No. So, okay, so they get action. Why don't they just kind of like wave like like normal? Normal, or is it just the Harley? I don't know, because it's the Harley it's thing. It's the code yeah. of the Harley. Not maybe, like the, maybe, it's a code if of you the wave, road. Maybe if you wave, maybe you're going to be distracting the other riders, and they think something's wrong. I don't yeah, know. maybe. Here, I'm going to show you something right now. See, watch this wave. What's that? What's this uh, wave? It's the Corvette wave, guys. When I used to have a Corvette, guy, and Corvette guys would go down the road. Your right hand is on top of the wheel, wheel and, and as you go down, just you just kind of go like that. Uh, and you give yeah. them, that's the Corvette wave, oh, and yeah, still that's... keep your part of your hand on the wheel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's just a cool way to do it. That's just cool way to do it. It's the cool way. And I was once a cool guy driving my Corvette. Did you wear gloves? No, I didn't wear no oh. stinking gloves. No. There was a. We were at Costco, my wife and I, yesterday, and we were getting some gas. Because co- gas at Costco is only two twenty nine. Okay. It's two sixty. dollars Anyways. Where's Costco at? Uh, there's one just down the road on Grange. Take oh. Grange all the way to Moreland. Oh, yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. Right there. That's it? Yeah. Oh, by God, I'm off to Costco. So, anyways, there's a guy in front of us, a guy in a Corvette getting gas. And this guy is uh, trying to substitute for something. He He probably wasn't the popular kid in school. And now he has this cool Corvette. And after he got done filling gas, in his blue Corvette, he put on neon green gloves. Mm. Hey, 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 I had a blue Corvette. Let's not get on blue Corvettes. No, I said, no, I don't care about the blue Corvette, but he put on neon green gloves to drive it away. You know the thing I notice about Corvettes nowadays? Okay, I'm going to buy a sports car one more time before I die. Hopefully. So (laughs) it's not... (laughs) I've, I, the Corvettes, Dennis has a nice black Corvette, and it's mm-hmm. a 99. And you can get used Corvettes. At, but my only problem is, Dennis, no offense, buddy, but you see a lot of old guys driving Corvettes, the brand-new Corvettes. Well, they can afford it I now. see a brand-new Corvette. I see some old dude. And I'm thinking, here's a guy well past his prime. Now he's compensating, still trying to be cool with the Corvette, which – Probably he couldn't afford in 1968, but now he's got the Corvette. So I'm thinking, do I want to be driving, even if I could afford it, which I probably, if I someday want to, can, uh, a brand new or a reasonably new Corvette, do I want to do it? Because as soon as, before they even see me inside, they're going to know it's some guy with gray hair. Most likely. Yeah, right. 
So I got to get, I was thinking maybe like the, the Challenger, one of those Challengers. Mm -hmm. Those are nice. Or a, one of the Mustangs or the mm -hmm. Camaros, you know, the newer ones. There's some nice looking cars out there and they're fast mm -hmm. and affordable too. Mm -hmm. Challenger's probably your most affordable one. Mm -hmm. Is your van supercharged, Tom? You, oh, yeah. You put some you put some headers on there. Oh, yeah. And, it's super, and put it's some, supercharged, put some all right. pipes. It's supercharged. What what is the van wave, Tom? When guys drive, you know, like those vans down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just got a finger there. Okay, all right. <laughs> so you're both you're both. <laughs> so you're both uh, okay. That's acknowledging each wave. other's misery. Yeah. Acknowledging each other's misery for having to drive a family van. That's right. That's right. You can get a lot of storage in there. Well, that's why Tom, Tom that's did That's right. It. Well, that's why I always had them, but I liked them so much. Even when I retired from the dent business, I, I still wanted it because you can put a lot of stuff in it. It's easy to drive, comfortable. As a matter of fact, I just got new tires on the Cooper CS5 Tourings. Yep. Uh, those are oh, they're Well, awesome. you'd be surprised. Some of these new vans have pickup, too. Oh, this one does. It's the 3.6-liter engine in the... Dodges, that is the best engine they ever made. And now that was told to me by a guy who's been working on them for 40-some years. And that baby is quick. It really yeah. is. I mean, not that I wouldn't know about that. I don't, you know, put the pedal to the metal that often. Hey, listen, it's come, come time for a break. But when we come back, i got to tell you about the exciting fishing down in the harbor. It is smoking right now. If you And we're going to be talking about smoking stuff later, too. But uh, the brown trout. Whoa, whoa, in. whoa. Like smoking meats? Yes, meats and fish. Okay. Not that other stuff. <laughs> anyway. I might talk some but, geese. Yeah, and we'll be talking meats. about it's that. It's coming up. Yeah. And fish. It's and here. Geese. Oh, it's my. Here. But, yeah, we're, we're going to be ah, uh, talking about it, and uh, we'll be telling you what's, what to use and uh, how to use it. Down at the harbor for the Browns. We'll be right back with more with Danny Bush, Tommy the True Newbauer on the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here comes, here's Danny. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, moving slow. I got this sucking chest wound. <sighs> Can't breathe. Okay. You're all set? We're all, okay, we're ready. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter <laughs> Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. We're coming to you live from the Bait Mate Fish Attractant Studios. Thanks for listening to us this Labor Day weekend. Hopefully, you are either on the water, on the way to the water, going out to scout out your deer stand, or cleaning your scatter gun, getting ready to shoot some geese. Or? Shooting some geese. You can go brown trout fishing in the harbor right Tell now. Tell me about brown trout yeah. fishing in the harbor, Tom. Right now, what I've been hearing is that uh, little Cleos are doing really good at various depths, too. There's no secret depth at what where to reel them in at. You could be... You know, three, four feet under the surface, you could be 15 feet down, you could be 20 feet down. I mean, they're all over, up top through bottom. And the thing, and also uh, golden shiners, like four-inch golden shiners, those are three- and four-inchers, you know, those are doing real good too. So you can put them on a slip bobber out there. You can cast spoons. You can do a number of different things. Uh, Minnow-imitating lures work well, you know, like the plastics. Uh, with the jig heads, you know, like the Kalen's uh, uh, jerk minnow and that. 
we can use that too. And so the the water temperature in the harbor has been going down, and the brownies are coming in. So you're talking about the shore chuckers, basically. Yep, yep. basically from shore, shore chuckers. But there's guys trolling the harbor now too. Oh yeah, for them. So, but if you you want to just go down from shore, yeah, there's plenty of places down there. Well, um, years ago I used to fish that Kenosha Harbor, and uh, a couple of things that would work well. Now, uh, you mentioned the little Cleos. My my all time favorite was, I guess now they call. Well, it says Acme. It's Acme, but it is the little Cleo that the Castmaster, but the Acme nope, little nope, Cleo. No. Nope. Yeah, it's the Acme. It looks not like Castmaster, right. but it's just like the little. It looks Cleo. like the little. Doesn't Cleo. have the topless grill right. on the back like right. the old original Cleos did. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's green and silver. Green mm-hmm. and silver has always been the best for me. Then there, then uh, I got got my eighteen pounder on a green and silver Ko wobbler, mm-hmm. the heavier size one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we used to do, Tom, is uh, the harbor used to be like thirty some feet deep there, and what you mentioned about. High, low, mm-hmm. all depths. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would catch them. Sometimes it, it, you just chuck it out and just wind. It was simple, brainless. But if you weren't getting fish, a lot of times we'd mix it up where you would cast it out and count it down, say, to five, then wind. Then try counting down to 10 or cast it out, let it sink right to the bottom, mm-hmm. and then work it back. Mm-hmm. And you would then start to kind of find out what part of the water column mm-hmm would work best. Right. And, uh, you know, I re- remember one time Ron Johnson, who was just in the studio with us a couple of weeks ago, he and I were down there, and he ended up getting them by just kind of jig- working, jigging the spoon off the bottom. Yeah. He'd just kind of hop it along. They mm-hmm. were, must have been hunkered down and yeah. and hanging tight. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're right. They can be, They you know, can be anywhere, really. Because you, you see them busting the surface a lot of times. You know, chasing uh, whatever bait fish that they're chasing. You know, you can see them; they'll bust a the surface. Yeah, if they're know, so. if they're active, they'll be they'll yeah. be jumping out there. Another minnow imitating bait, kind of a sleeper for brown trout, is a rattle trap. Oh yeah, definitely. Rattle traps yeah. can can nail them out there. Get yeah. like the green and silver, blue and silver. I always like something with a silver. Well, you yeah. think about it; they're eating all those alewives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, green and silver, blue and silver. Those are all hot. Uh, sometimes that uh, that. Orange, orange and silver, sometimes that can be good. And a lot of and and guys who are going out early in the morning, uh, a lot of them are using those glow in the dark Whoa. ones. Yeah, I yeah. I I do recall one time where a guy on a pier had a tiny glow in the dark Cleo, and he wasn't even charging it with a flashlight or anything, but he was the only guy on the pier catching fish. Is it, that right? And and I had. Cleos, I had glow-in-the-dark Cleos, but I did not have that tiny size. Mm-hmm. There are times that I've seen those fish be so selective mm-hmm. where there's there's one guy on the pier that's getting them, and he's got the, just the one presentation. The strangest lure I ever saw a guy getting them on, and he got a lot over the years. An old buddy of mine from Kenosha, he went to, uh, I don't know, Kmart somewhere, and he bought, for like 99 cents, he bought one of those cheap you know, Tom, how you go to the sporting goods and they used to have like a fish basket with a bunch of cheap yeah, 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 spoons yeah. hanging around. Those imitation daredevils. Yeah, yeah, that, all the, that stuff. Real and so he ones. bought yeah. he bought one that was green with black spots. Now, why <laughs> he would ever even want to buy a spoon with green? Yeah. You think he'd get a daredevil pattern one? Yeah. And he hammered more brown trout on that 
he called it the greenie meanie. And he'd always call me up. Yep, got another eight-pounder on the meanie. You know, he just hammered him on oh, it. Wow. And why they liked that piece of crap junkie spoon, I don't know. But then I started having some good success as well on the, the regular Daredevils mm-hmm. by the Daredevil company. The Not the cheap ones, the, the right. heavy, solid yeah. metal. But not real big, about the medium-sized ones. And mm-hmm. they come in all kinds of different color patterns. Right. And I started getting them on a bunch of the bright color patterns, not your black and white or right. red and like white the Daredevil. Five of diamonds. Not even five of diamonds. Even just all kinds of. They make all kinds of funky yeah, colors funky and patterns. Colors, yeah. yeah, kind of. There were all kinds of speckled and trout type. Pa- I don't know if they meant to be trout patterns, but yeah, they make the Daredevils. At least they did. I haven't. I got a whole tackle box full. I haven't shopped for them in years or looked. But they had all kinds of different colors, and those worked especially good. Uh, especially if you're trying to fish deep, you want a spoon that's going to sink on down a little bit. Right, if you're doing yeah. that countdown method, mm-hmm. you want something you can chuck through the wind. Mm-hmm. But fishing browns from the shores is 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 a, f- a great time. Well, one thing I'd recommend though is that well, if you're gonna if somebody's gonna go down there and they haven't done it before, you have to have a long handled net because it's quite a ways from where you're standing to where the water is. And what I did years ago was I had an old Beckman net that I wasn't using anymore because at, at the time, the Beckman nets were really hot oh, yeah, years that ago. Was that the, was the musky net, That right? was it, yeah. But but your hooks would get hung up in the in that uh, the, the, little, the bag, you know? I didn't mean, they yeah. have the real little circles, well, like little openings? Well, and they it, were was, real t- it was like a nylon uh, bag. Well, it was more, more like cotton, I think. But, I mean, your hooks would get inside. They'd get hung up in it. So now when uh, Frabel and other companies came out with these tangle-free nets yeah, and that's hook-free much nets, better. much better. So anyway, so what I did with that old Beckman net was I bought a piece of, uh, a long piece of, uh, uh, oh, what's that white stuff called? I can't think of it. I'm having a brain fart. The tubes. white. Uh, oh, PCV. PCV, yeah, thank you. I bought a big old long piece of that. PVC. PVC. Oh, yeah. I bought that, and then I drilled a couple of holes in the handle of the net, and then drilled a couple of holes in the PVC, and put a locking bolt through there. So then I had a big long-handled net that I could go down and scoop up those fish with. So yeah, because I mean, there's going to be people down there with net long-handled nets, and most of them will help you out, you know, if you got to fish them. But generally, you bring bring your own. Some will. But then Some there might won't. be that yeah. ornery old guy. Yeah. Some ornery old guy who's like 90, <laughs> and he sits on one corner of the pier every morning, every day. Mm-hmm. And sits there and, are those sits people and, down there. Sits and stares straight ahead and talks to nobody. Mm-hmm. But actually, most of the guys are pretty nice. Yeah, most you'd of them You'd get are to decent. see the same. You'd get, you know, some friendships, mm-hmm. actually. You'd get. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and for a lot of older guys, that you know, instead of going sitting, meeting at the coffee shop and having a smoke every morning mm-hmm. when they're retired, they go down to the pier. Yep. And see each there. other and sit on the bucket and fish and mm-hmm. whether they catch something or not, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to spend your uh, spend your retirement. Yeah, for some people that is that's that is good. But anyway, but yeah, a long handled net is a must. You got to have that, and also have a reel that you can spool enough line on. Generally, you want to use a little bit larger reel than normal. Because if you get a big one on it, it starts to run. Or if you were to get, let's say, a salmon on or a, or right. a, or it's, a, it's, or a rainbow, 
it's going to take off some line on you, buddy. So you bet, you know, you might have 12 pound test on, but it's going to rip off 50 yards, 60, it's, maybe even a hundred. It's more for the salmon. The Browns <laughs> yeah. don't, Browns don't really make, they don't runs. make big as big of a run. Yeah, yeah. they 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 kind of they do a lot of shakes and a lot of shimmies and shaking you know, and rocking and rolling. Yeah, they're kind of it's kind of a cross between a walleye fight and a, a smallmouth yeah. fight, but they fight well. But I remember years ago at the uh, Point Beach Nuclear Plant, I had a Zebco thirty three with ten pound line, right, and I was casting catching Browns, and right as I hit, you know, I'm you know, I'm on that fishing platform, just as I got the lure close where I was going to pull it out of the water. There was a, a salmon. It came up. You could see it. It was at least 10 pounds, and it smacked it right right at the pier. Mm-hmm. And that thing ripped line so fast, ping, just snapped me right off. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, it, it was uh, heartbreaking. Then another time in Kenosha, if you go in September for salmon now, this is what they used to do, that guys used to th- take a uh, slip sinker, mm-hmm. and you'd put a night crawler on, mm-hmm. Or even uh, some guys, I think we'd use like a little uh, styrofoam float or something to float the nightcrawler. Gonna sneeze. Yeah, here it comes. (laughs) Nope, not gonna. So you'd take, you'd put like almost like those little earplugs. Yeah. That are like they float, and you put it up from the from the hook, and that kind of keeps it floating off the bottom. And then you got a slip sinker ahead of that, um, and you'd chuck it on out and leave it on the bottom. And then guys leave the spool open, and they wrap the line around like a a a bottle. or, or a, a can. Or a convenient beer can. And, yeah, beer and if can, you don't so. have an empty beer can, you can... Yeah. Normally, most of the guys were good at coming up with an empty beer can yeah, real yeah. quick. Yeah. So then they'd have an empty one there. And I was in in the dark fishing with this guy, and we had like six rods laid out. And he one was a Zebco 33. And he had it laid out. And I said, Rob, why are you... A Zebco 33? You're never... A salmon? He goes, ah, one's never going to grab that one anyway. So we're sitting there about midnight, and all of a sudden we hear king, king, king. Can goes. We're looking back and forth. (laughs) He looks down. He grabs, picks it up. He goes, it's the Zebco 33. (laughs) And it was just, he engaged it, set the hook, and it just peeled it. It was just, it was funny. He's just holding the rod with one hand looking at me. It peeled off 100 yards of line and ping, and gone. That was it. it gone. Was, he didn't even, he knew it was gone even before he even started, you know. Yeah, Zipco 33. We just laughed. It ain't going to make it on the shores of Lake Michigan. The only thing he we, accomplished was he he got to spool some brand new line on there the next day. <laughs> that was it. Well, folks, we got to go to a break. Coming up next will be <clears throat> the gut report. And at 645, we will be playing the Hornswoggle. So stay tuned for more on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by V-Mart Cheesy Produce and Discount Liquor. Well, we were talking about brown trout, and since you're going to be catching a bunch of brown trout, you need a brining recipe. Because if you try to smoke the brown trout or any fish without brining it first, it's going to taste like crap. So you got to brine it first for at least four hours, but overnight is best. Real simple solution. You use a cup of canning salt per about a gallon of water, and then, you know, you can adjust that depending on how much you're brining. A half a cup of brown sugar, half a cup of of, uh, pancake syrup, a few dashes of ground cloves. You can quarter a few onions, uh, quarter a few lemons if you want, throw it in there. I mean, it's so simple, but basically... It's the half. It's the one cup of canning salt per gallon of water, the brown sugar, and the pancake syrup. 
Now, one fella gave me some recently, and what he does is, and it was really good. If you like some a little bit, uh, just a little sweeter, it had a different taste. It was really good. As the fish is smoking on the smoker, every now and then he goes in and he brushes the top of it with some uh, pancake syrup. Just brushes the top with it. And I'll tell you, that came up with a real good taste. I think the next time I'm, I'm smoking some fish, I'm going to try that. The Gut Report was brought to you by V Marchese Produce. When quality counts, you can count on V Marchese Produce. Insist on the best. You can visit them at vmarchese.com. And by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. Well, Danny? Well, I, w- I agree with you, Tom, on uh, the brown trout thing, the smoked. The best smoked tr- trout, actually best smoked fish, period, that I ever had was brown trout. And a friend of mine named Skip moved up to Mercer. He told me that he could make sc- smoked fish that would just knock your socks off with brown trout. By God, he did. Oh, man, yeah. was that awesome. He'd use a Weber grill, mm-hmm. and yeah. I know there was the uh, the brown sugar involved. He'd mm-hmm. get chips, apple chips and stuff. And mm-hmm. then uh, the only bad batch was one time he, uh, you know, he took off and went to, the, went to the bar when he was supposed to be smoking. He told his roommate to, you know. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. Well, got a little overcooked that day. Yeah. It was still okay, but it wasn't <laughs> as delicious. But, yeah. Smoke, smoke brown, and as you know, we've we've eaten browns before, so they're really good. Uh, you, talking about that pier fishing, Tom, brings back a lot of memories. You know, you spend enough time on piers, and I know a lot of our listeners probably have over the years. You see a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. One of the things uh, has been seen multiple times by at different piers by different people is the one guy who leaves his rod unattended. Oh, yeah. And it goes, <laughs> ching! Right into the lake. Into the lake. But... More often than not, you hear a couple hours later, somebody snags a line, winds in, pulls a rod in, and the guy pulls in the trout, and he's a happy camper. Mm-hmm. My brother's witnessed it. I've talked to other people mm-hmm. that have seen it. Um, the strangest thing I ever saw was a guy fought a fish for a long time, and uh, all of a sudden, we went and netted it, and he had actually snagged an alewife. Not alewife, uh, lamprey. Oh, he snagged the lamprey that was latched on to the side of about an eight-pound brown, and he pulled it in, and that lamprey stayed sucked, connected to that brown trout throughout that rod bending fight. Really, it was incredible, incredible wow. the force that they. So you can see how once they get a lamprey on, mm-hmm. they, they aren't coming off. No, wow, don't believe weird. it. We had it happen. One of my friends and I, when we were younger, we were fishing off the pier at Port Washington. And when my friend cast it out, a seagull got in the way. And the seagull got got caught up in his line, reeled it all the way in. And uh, there was an older, some older guys there. And the guy netted it, netted the, 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 the seagull, and he brought it up. And he was nice enough because we didn't know what the heck to do with it. My God, here's a seagull. And the bird is squawking. And he grabbed a hold of it to untangle it. And the bird bit him in the thigh, kind of close to the family jewels. 
but bit him in the thigh. And those things will draw blood, boy. I'll tell you. That, and the guy even hollered when it bit him, you know. And uh, But he got him untangled and let him go free. You know, he flew away. But you, you got to watch out for those seagulls when you're casting stuff. I, uh, <laughs> I actually had similar at the Port Washington, at the nuclear plant pier, where I chucked this. I had a Cleo, I think, and I launched a mighty cast. And, you know, you're waiting for your bait to hit the water. And I keep looking out and looking out, and I never see the bait <laughs> hitting the water. And I look down at my spool. And line is smoking off the spool. And I'm like, what the heck? And I think it was a Zebco 33 again. <laughs> and just then, about a, it reached the end. And I looked up, and at about 100 yards out, there was the seagull making the nosedive into oh, the water. Okay. I had hit it in the air. Oh. And so when I saw the line peeling off my spool and kept looking out at the water to see where when's it going to hit, mm-hmm. it was the seagull. Oh, it was the seagull, up, yeah. Up in the sky, yeah. And I had the, I had the, we didn't net that seagull. We didn't have the seagull net with us. So I walked to the beach, and I dragged it in. And again, I had to deal with angry you did, seagull. Yeah, with angry seagull. I managed to not get bit, however, but the seagull wasn't happy. But, you know, by God, I wasn't too happy with that seagull either. Not really. You know, I was going to say when, when you're not, uh, you know, smoking salmon or trout or, you know, whatever you're smoking, that, that, that brine recipe also works for like ducks and chickens and turkeys, you know, you can brine any kind of fowl as well, you know, and, and one of my, uh, my oldest son, one of his friends, he smoked some fish one day and I showed him how to, to make his, uh, an old Weber type grill into a smoker. Right. right. And, uh, anyway, and he said to my son, he's boy, that fish tasted terrible. I tried smoking. It was terrible. <clears throat> and my son said to him, well, how long did you brine it for? He said, Brian, what's that? <laughs> he didn't know. He, just my, smoked my, the my, fish. yeah, he just smoked the fish. Yeah. If you just smoke it without brining it, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. You got to brine it. You really do. <laughs> so I imagine the Native yeah. Americans years ago that they were probably the ones who invented smoking fish. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure smoking fish has been around for thousands of years. I wonder if they brined you know? back in those caveman days, or if they didn't, or if it tasted delicious to them unbrined. Exactly. Probably. I'm sure they didn't know about salt and water. Mixture, they weren't so fussy you know. as probably we didn't have now. any brown well, sugar laying around. To, <laughs> you know? They're not used to all the sweetened, preservative-laden yeah. stuff that we are today. And I'll tell you that ground cloves is important too. You know, it's about a half a teaspoon. You know, a few dashes of ground cloves. That's really important too. That 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 there gives a an air of something in it. The you know, clo- cloves? cloves, ground cloves. C L O V E S. Yep. Are they little things with leaves, like little? No, leaves? no, no, no. The, the ground ones. It looks like little brown, ground up stuff. You know, ground browned up. Like yeah, it looks pepper. like brown pepper, but it's cloves. Yeah, and it's got a very distinct fl- odor to it and flavor to it. Cloves. Okay. It's kind of like you know when you about cloves. When no, you, I just the only other thing I know about cloves is there's there's clove cigarettes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't like that. No, but you know when you make stink. a ham, really, you, you take whole cloves and that. put whole cloves into a ham when you're making a ham oh are those those little yeah brown things yeah, that used stick- to be on my mom's ham yep exactly. kind of like on the outside yep. yep yeah you stick them into it and for the flavoring aspect did she how did they stick them in did they have like a toothpick or something they're they're about a half an inch long roughly quarter inch to yeah. a half an inch and they got a little pointed end a little yeah. rounded end like 
whatever, and, and they would just stick right into the ham. I never knew what those were, but they yeah. do taste kind of good on yeah, the ham. Yeah, they are good, but you got if you get the ground ones, you put that into the, the brining mixture. Yeah, they the do ground. have a, you do, you're right, they do have a distinct Yeah, they, they very distinct, distinct flavor. and so you don't need and much, scent. but it's a uh, little bit. And scent. And scent. Incense? And scent. And. Like the, oh, it's got and. C-E-N-T. Sense, scent. yes. It's got, it definitely does a. You know, it's a good smell. You know, it's good. How about but smoked anyway. geese? Have you ever tried smoking geese? I never have. I never did a smoked geese. My favorite, though, is when I smoke a duck. Not not wild ducks. You got to buy one of those the at the store. No. at You go to the store. What are those called? Uh, we're just talking about them the you other them day. Name. Cornish hens. No, no, no. It's a duck. It's, they don't uh, call it duck, though? Do they call it some other name? No, so it's, a, no it's a... Fragois. No, it's a... They give it a French name. And make it sound that's like, a, and that's jack a, the price up. That's a goose liver. What? Fagua <laughs> is a Agua. goose liver. Anyway, uh, no, uh, uh, the type of uh, ducks that are uh, that they sell at the stores they're 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 farm raised, and they got a thicker la- layer they, fat of layer. And they got a name for them. Yeah. Oh, Come on, what's the name of those ducks? Uh, How come I've never seen ducks at a store? They're they're there. Pick and save has. Ducks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're there. Does this guy know the name of it? The name of him? I don't know. He might, but he wants to add something to your brining recipe. Okay. okay. Matt right. from Milwaukee. All hey, right. Matt from Milwaukee. Good morning. How are you? Hello. Oh, there we go, Matt. Now we got you on. How you doing today? All right. How you doing? Is this Tom? Yeah. What What do you want to add to it? Uh, pineapple juice. Oh. Oh yeah. Uh, pickling spices from Penzi's Spice Store. I don't buy anything from Penzi's. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but <laughs> find a substitute. Yeah. Yeah, if you can find a substitute. There's plenty of them out there, yeah. Mm-hmm. A package of pickling spices and yeah. some Worcestershire. Boy, you throw everything in there, don't you? Well, I, I, got, I, got, a, I got a recipe from uh, the guy who won a blue ribbon yeah. at the Seattle State Fair. Really? For his smoked salmon recipe. And yeah. I figured if you won a blue ribbon, it had to be good. And there's about 17 different things in it. Yeah. Red onion, yeah. Worcestershire, pineapple yeah. juice, pickling spices, and, and, you and know, so on. And you really? know, it's all in the brine. It really is. It's all in yeah. the brine. Salmon is salmon, but it's all in the brine. Yeah, uh-huh. you and better believe it. another thing that helps is if you lay the, after you brine it, if you lay the fillets on um, a rack and let it air dry for about an hour... Yeah, I usually let mine air dry for about a half an hour. They're usually pretty good outside, unless unless the the yellow jacket bees, you know, the hornets are around. They like landing on it too every yeah, now and then. You got to sh- in the basement. Yeah, I usually do it outside. Usually in the fall, uh, later on in the fall, uh, usually there's no bees around. But if it's a little earlier and it's a nice day, yeah, they come around a little bit. But that's no big deal. Right, they got right. a little bit of protein in them too. Right. <laughs> then, then you got to add the smoked salmon to a cream cheese dip and have cream oh, cheese and smoked salmon dip. I, I, we make a, oh salmon, God, we make a salmon dip. Whenever I smoke fish, I'm always making salmon dip. Yeah, you better believe it. Gotcha. Yep. Hey, we yep. got to run. Thanks for calling. I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. That sounds interesting. All right. Yes. Uh, am I on the air? Yeah. 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 Yes, you are. Okay. I got to call you back. I got to talk to you about some other things. All right. Call us back after the break. Okay. That money he owes you. Don't worry. He sent the check last week. <laughs> All right. We'll be, okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay, bye you. now. All right. Well, folks, we'll be right back with 
the Hornschwaggle. Now, the Hornschwaggle is Danny's going to make three statements, right, Danny? Three statements. I think so. And you're going to say if it's a Hornschwaggle, that means he's full of crapola, or a no Hornschwaggle, which means he's speaking the truth. Shooting. Yeah. Shooting. We're going to talk shooting sports. So yeah. if you know anything about firearms and shooting, yeah, so call. give us a call at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Be a contestant, and you and if you get two out of three correct, they win, Tom? they're going to win a wonderful prize package of Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. So call right now to be a contestant. It's easy to win. you got a 50-50 chance. We'll be right back with Actually, more. Actually, a 33% chance. Or, oh, yeah. Well, That's each question 66. is 50-50, I guess. Well, anyway, oh, we, he is That's Danny. a great question to come up with. We okay. do this in math, but never yeah, mind. He's Danny Bush. I'm Tommy the True Newbauer. We'll be right back on the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. And now it's time. For the Hornschwaggle with Deluxe Danny Bush, or as they'd call him on the Chuck and Winkler show, Boochie. Booge. <laughs> I used to have a buddy of mine call me Booge. <laughs> and then they called my dad at the high school, Papa Booge. Yeah, it's actually, you've, yeah, my buddies in high school started calling me Booge, my brother yeah. Tim Booge. Yeah. And then they called my dad, who was a counselor there, Papa Booge. All right, who you got on the line, Greg, to be a contestant? We have Casey from the Falls. Morning, Casey. You with us, Casey? Yeah, I'm here. I hear water in the background. No, that's a machine running. I'm at work today. Oh, okay, all right. Well, go, we'll go quick so you don't get busted here. So you know how this works. Yes, I do. All right, so here we go. Mm-mm, we're talking firearms. The uh, 44 Magnum was initially a Wildcat cartridge developed by the famous... Gun nut and writer, Mr. Elmer Fudd. Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle? I'm going to say Hornschwaggle. It was Mr. Elmer Keith. Elmer Keith was a big proponent of the 44. Okay. One for one. Uh, Jeff Cooper. Jeff Cooper, another famous gun guy, was a big proponent of the 45. Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle? Oh, um... I'm going to go no horn schwaggle. It's no horn Very good. Very good. Very okay. Good. All right. And uh, here, this next one would have been the easiest one. I threw this one in there because Tom here tells me my prop questions or statements are too difficult. No, the, they're not. Not always. Not all. Okay. Well, all right. He's being nice now. The 12-gauge shotgun was named the 12-gauge because the, dia- the, the di- diameter of the barrel is 12 inches. <laughs> that's, a no, that's a no horn swaggle. <laughs> okay, oh. actually, it's a horn swaggle, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's horn, what you meant. Yeah, right. I know, I yeah. know. Gotcha. Okay, oh. we got your info. Hey, you want some something with DEET for your repellent or DEETless? I'll go DEET. Something with DEET, 25, 40, 100%? We'll do 40. 40, that's a, probably a wise choice, right about in between there. And uh, what flavor fish uh, bait mate do you think you'd like? What species? I'll take the walleye. Walleye, okay. Everybody's big on the walleye. Okay, we'll get that to you within the next month. I email it to the folks at Baitmate, and then they get the prize packages out, but you will definitely be getting it. And thanks for listening. Good. Uh, don't work too hard. No, I won't. Yeah, thanks, Casey. 
Thanks right. a lot. All right. Okay, Take bye care. now. Bye. And uh, who else? Who you got on the line now? Oh, he hung up. There was somebody. Wasn't there a second person? I, mean, I got to tell you a story. Uh, the no-name bookie and I, the no-name bookie and his wife bought a, a lake house up on a cottage. Uh, I mean, on a lake, a small lake, 80-acre lake. It's, you know, outside of the Dells, right? So last this past Monday, uh, no-name, he picks me up in the morning, and he normally goes out 94 west and then goes north from uh, uh, Madison, okay, yeah. up through the Dells, and they're just okay. outside the Dells. And I said, hey, have you ever taken Highway 16? It's like on an angle. cuts off some time, you know. And he said, no, I never tried that. I said, you want to try it? He said, yeah, what the heck? So we're going along. His normal drive time to get to his cottage is like 2 hours and 15, 2 hours and 20 minutes. Well, we must have missed a turn somewhere. <laughs> it took us three and a half hours. We got lost. And he's got a, the, the no-name book. So he's the got, no, the, the, the no new baller shortcut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet he let, got into oh, you on oh, that one. We oh, having, my God. We were having fun. Uh, anyway, he's got a, a smartphone, right? But he doesn't know how to work the GPS on it. And, and what's and oh, it, it was funny. We we saw a sign that said uh, Oshkosh, forty six miles. I said I don't think this is right. <laughs> this ain't the right way. But on the way back, when we leave his cottage, mm-hmm. he makes a wrong turn this time. Now we're in the middle of nowhere, and we come up to and we're driving around for like twenty minutes, and all of a sudden there's only dirt roads. I mean, it's like, I mean, these are little roads to begin with, the ones that were asphalted, and now we got dirt roads. And I said, uh, Don, this, oh, geez, I shouldn't say his name. No name. No name. This isn't right. Uh, we're lost somewhere. And and we would have known which way was east and west and whatever, but there was real cloudy. We couldn't see the sun, you know, leaving a shadow anywhere. So we had no idea where we were. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? You call your wife. He says, honey, uh. Go on your smartphone. Tell us where we are. This is where we're at. And he reads a sign, right? You know, the 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 road sign or whatever. And he says, tell us where we're at and which way to go. So she looks up on her smartphone. Okay, you know, you got to go this way to this street, make a turn here, and eventually you'll get to Highway 13, which we eventually did. Now, she but, was able to do that on a smartphone. Yeah. Would you have been able to call a woman and say, pull out the map Well, and look at the map? And tell us which way to go. I see Greg over there shaking his head. I guess going, I guess the no name bookie does that a lot. But when we got lost the first time, well, you mean he gets up, lost, or he calls his no. wife a lot for directions. Uh, for directions, I think. Okay. But anyway, when we got lost the first time, he said, "I'll call my wife, and she'll tell." And I said, "No, no, you ain't gonna call no. You don't call her." I said, "Stop at a gas station. We'll look at a map. They usually got a map in the gas station. I've done that before. Yeah, right? we'll look sometimes at a map. they'd have them on the wall. Yeah, or they'd have the ones they're selling. Yeah, and I just I'm too look cheap to map. buy it. I just go over and open well, it up there, you know. I am and go- look at it quick and like, oh. Okay. Well, I'm gonna buy no name a map. I'm gonna buy him a state of Wisconsin map because he Don't doesn't buy have... it. I got a hundred of them well, in desk drawers at home. He doesn't. Are they current? Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, they're, they're not because they, they change these still names. Says all Wisconsin the time. on the yeah, map, yeah, but it's they current. change. They change these. It says state says Wisconsin. The, it's current. They change all the time. They change these roads because they're doing. Look at all the construction they're doing. They change things all the time. So I'm gonna buy him a current map so that he can have his car. So if. When him and I go up uh, in a few weeks, Listen, we won't get lost why again. Don't you, why don't you just buy him directions on how to work the GPS on his phone? Yeah, he should learn how to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, on. his name is No Name, and you know you know what Sal's nickname is? Sal Marchese, you know what his nickname is? I gave him a nickname many years ago. Did it stick? Yes, No Net. 
No net? We don't. Whenever we'd go in his boat fishing, he wouldn't have a darn net with him. Try, okay. Yeah, that's no fun netting big fish without a net. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.